Welcome to the Legacy of Legends, a Dynasty podcast. Join the Legacy of Legends team as we talk about the ins and outs of fantasy football, specifically from a Dynasty perspective. Our purpose is to help you make the moves to leave your mark and establish a legacy in your Dynasty League. And welcome. My name is BJ Kent, and I'm welcomed in by the one and only Stephen Debo Deaton. What's up, Stephen? I'm here. I'm here. We're back, baby. We are back. Week one is in the books, and week two is here. And if you went 0-10 this week, it's time to find a new hobby. All right, guys, we're just going to end this podcast right now. Because, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Oh, man. Yeah, it was a good week, Stephen. Uh, there's a lot of things that happened, man. We got a lot to talk about tonight. Yep, quite uh, a few. Before we get into it, though, Stephen, how would you feel about week one, man? How did you just feel about the games in general, the flow of it and all that? Man, the games were fun. I, I enjoyed it. I, I actually – I watched a little bit of Red Zone, but I didn't watch as much as I normally do, and I, I don't really know the answer why. I just kind of enjoyed football this week. Like, I wasn't worried about – and I've, I've I've gotten this way as, as time has rolled on, and, and the more I do fantasy, I – I set my lineups, I get them where I want them to be, and then I just enjoy the football day. I'm not oh, yeah. always checking my app and seeing if I'm up or if I'm down. Like, I, I watched the whole Saints game, and I had Red Zone on in the background on my other TV. But you know how big of a Saints fan I am, man. I watched that whole game uh, start to finish, and, man, they got a win. They pulled a win out. And did you see uh, the clip on Twitter of Derek Carr? I, I know you probably did at this point. Um but it was right there at the end of the game, and he was—it's it, him mic'd up, and he's telling his coach right there. He said, "Coach, give me another shot. Give me a shot. Give me a deep ball for Sheed." <laughs> and uh, coach is like, "Okay, I will." He goes up to Sheed, and he says, "Sheed, be ready for the deep ball." He's like, "Okay, I will." <laughs> They're in the huddle, and he goes, "He quote," I, and I'm quoting him right here. He goes, "Freaking run, Sheed," and he just threw the <laughs> deep ball up to him. And man, it was beautiful. It, Cars always had a beautiful deep ball. I'm I'm glad we got him. I'm glad the Raiders are stupid. That's all of that. I I watched a lot of Reds. I'm not gonna lie to you, Stephen. Uh, I didn't watch hardly any full games, if I'm honest with you. And like we uh we always go to church at night and out to eat and stuff like that. But I tell you what, man, one thing that you guys need to check out: check out the NFL Plus app. Uh, me and one of my friends, Ben, who's been on this podcast before, has a basketball podcast on his own called uh, Jab Step Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Uh, me and him actually split that, and you can watch Red Zone, all primetime games, as, le- as well as local games on your tablet and phones. And I think it's like 80 bucks a year, yeah, and you can yeah. end up like streaming to other services and stuff. It's pretty neat. Something to check out. Uh, Steven, so week one's in the books, man. How'd your teams turn out? All right, well, redraft. I know I'm terrible at it. Somehow I won a championship last year in one of my redrafts, but one and two in redraft this uh this 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 week. I, I actually dropped a redraft uh over the year over the over this past year, so I'm only doing three this year. Uh so I'm I went one and two this this week in redraft. And in my dynasty leagues, I went five and five. And I was talking to a, another dynasty, a fellow dynasty guy today, and he was asking me the same, this exact same question. And, and I told him, I said, "Man, I I feel good about five and five. Like there was, it was five and five and five that I felt like I should have won, uh, that I did. And then I had five losses. Uh, two of those are rebuild reloads, but the other three that I lost, like I still feel great about those teams. A couple of those teams." I feel like I'm probably a top five team in the league. It just didn't go my way this week. So I, I was completely okay with five and five this week, just getting our feet wet, kind of seeing what players are going to do. Uh, if you're like, if your teams are like mine, BJ, I had quite a few surprises that were probably on my bench or oh, yeah. not, not playing at all this week. So that makes you feel good about your roster as a, as a whole. 
Absolutely, man. I know uh, this past week I went 3-0 and in redraft. I'll say this, man. Shout out to Amon Ra St. Brown. I have him on all three redraft teams. Uh, he was a solid wide receiver, too, on each squad. Uh, went 3-0 and in redraft. And then in Dynasty, I went 3-8. and Out of those eight losses, though, I have five rebuilds slash reloads. Yeah. Uh, man, I, I hate having that many rebuilds slash reloads. But it's one of those things where a lot of those leagues, I was middle of the pack. Two of those leagues are actually Debbie leagues where everybody else was going old. I went young. And so I'm just waiting one more year until I get Marvin Harrison and Caleb Williams and Drake May and all of them on my team. Uh, but overall, I'm okay with three and eight. Uh, what I'll probably do with one of those rebuilds slash reloads is I'll end up cashing in about halfway through the season with some of those picks from next year and trying to make a run if I'm sitting yeah. okay with one of them. Yeah. Uh, but overall, like you said, Stephen, I'm okay with it, man. Uh, we had a lot of fantasy players that were disappointments last week, which we'll talk about here shortly. Uh, but because of that, if I can come out with six wins overall, I'm cool with that. Yeah, and I was talking to uh, the same guy I was talking to this afternoon. Uh, we were talking about uh, the past two years, BJ. I've done really well. Like, I mean, I'm in I'm in ten dynasty leagues, and and I cleared uh, right at a thousand dollars back to back years. And but I told him I told him today I said, man, at some point some of this is going to turn and you can't expect to do that every year. So, uh, and, cause you have to rebuild your rosters. You have to, you have to either rebuild them or reload them. Uh, especially if you're going to be loyal and stay in yeah. the dynasty leagues, like you should, if you're not going to be loyal, why are you doing dynasty leagues? Just stick to your redraft. Um, but, uh, so I, that's why I told him, I said, you can't expect to do as well as we've done the past couple of years. Um, so, but, but that being said, I still expect to, uh, to win some money this year. Um, but again, at some point you're going to have to rebuild or reload every team you manage in dynasty. Absolutely. See, I just now realized, man, I'm in one more league than you this year. And I never thought, I never thought I'd say that. You passed me. You have taken over. You have addiction has taken you by strong, stronghold. And, and, and the first step is admitting. So, and I'm, hey, so speaking of which, I'm going to actually end up uh, orphaning out one of my teams and you're no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, all right, Stephen, let's go into the news and notes, man. I'll let you cover this one. All right, man. Uh, first off, here we got J.K. Dobbins, man. Suffered a torn Achilles in Baltimore's week one game against the Houston Texans. Uh, man, we wish him a speedy recovery and well wishes. As far as his dynasty implications, what are you feeling about Dobbins long term, B.J.? And, and, and we know he was on a contract here. And he just came off a torn ACL. So what what do we think long term for Dobbins in Dynasty? Oh, Steven, man. Uh he looked great in the game, to be honest with you. I think he finished with like eleven PPR points. But if you've got him in Dynasty right now, man, I uh I hate to say it, Steven, but I'm taking what I can get, man. Yeah. Um the reason saying that is that I I was listening to a podcast this week and one of the uh the host on it said that he don't remember a single time whenever a football player tore his Achilles and tore his ACL and back-to-back years. And if they can ever come back from that, um, to be honest with you, man, I I don't think you're going to get hardly anything out of them. Um, you can hold them if you want to, but they're just going to end up riding that hour spot for a whole year. And then come next year, who's to know if he actually gets a gig or not. Uh, so Stephen, let me ask you this, man. If you if somebody offered you a second right now, would you take it? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think so too. I'm in that camp. I, I, I'm in the I'm in a camp of no Dobbins shares, so that that nice. feels good for me. Uh, but I hate it for J.K. Dobbins. He, he worked so hard to come back from the ACL, and now here he is with this uh, with this Achilles injury, and and it's tough, man. And 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 just to be honest, B.J. his 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 fantasy relevance is probably over. Um, yeah. 
he'll never be what we thought he could be in that offense. Um, he's 24 currently, but will be 25 this December. You're basically looking, BJ, at him being 26 years old before he's even back fully healthy. As a running back, that's old. Yep. I mean, you're you're getting old. And back-to-back, you know, year-long season-ending injuries, his fantasy-relevant days are probably behind him. Yeah. I would agree um, with that. One more question about this team. With this injury, what running back do you want to own in Baltimore now? Uh, Lamar Jackson, maybe? Lamar Jackson? Yeah, I like yeah. that guy. Uh, He's yeah. Outside of that, man, uh, just to be honest with you, I think that it's going to be a timeshare. I think Gus Edwards and Justice Hill are going to be the two running backs to, that are going to be competing for touches. I know they're activating Melvin Gordon off the practice squad. Uh, I think Melvin Gordon's washed, just to be honest with you. I'm not a fan. Never I haven't been a fan in years. Uh, out of Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, uh, I think Gus will probably end up putting more PPR points up, but I think Justice Hill will end up being the goal line back, as we saw this past week with him scoring two touchdowns on hardly yeah. any yards. Um, yeah. Man, if I'm having to plug and play one of them, I'm probably going Justice Hill, I guess, because, I mean, the touchdown upside there, they're looking his way early and often. So, I mean, I think it's worth a shot. Right, yeah, I, I think so too. And And – Justice Hill is the younger is the younger back there. We know we know Melvin Gordon's there and Gus Edwards, but uh, they said they said today that Melvin Gordon was going to be actually activated to the to the uh, you know the active roster. Um, yeah. So I look to see that happen. I don't know if it did it officially happen. BJ, do you know? I think I think they are actually planning on doing it. I think it's going to happen this week. Okay, so I think it. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. But but with Justice Hill, I mean, I I. I mean, I think you got to go take a stab in him if he's on if he's on your waivers. I think you got to go take a stab. He's twenty five years old. He's been in that offense, and I think he's kind of like next man up, right? So yeah. Gus Hill's going to get some goal line stuff and things like that. But I think Justice Hill probably uh, probably envisions uh, does what they fit better. I think you know we'll see. So I think, but I think he's at least worth an ad in your leagues off the waiver if he's there, um, just because this this injury is such a catastrophic you know game changer. Oh yeah. All right, man, moving on to our next segment here in the news and notes, man. Uh, in his first game as a New York Jet, BJ, uh, man, Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not I'm not just the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan. I'll be honest with you. I've kind of been a hater um, basically his whole career. But, man, when he made this move to the Jets and when, they, when he come out the other night running out with that flag on September the 11th with just the relevance and, 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 and all that, with the, the moments of silence for – all that that went down, I was rooting for the guy. Like, I, he had me fired up. I was ready to go. And, man, within the first series, I think within the first four plays, he went down, man, first quarter, torn Achilles. And, man, he's going to be out for the entire 2023 season. Excuse me. Two questions here, BJ. One, can Zach Wilson lead this team to the playoffs? And, two, where does this send Aaron Rodgers in your dynasty quarterback rankings? Whew, Steven, uh, I know I'm the one that talked with these questions, but I kind of regret topping them up now. <laughs> uh, can Zach Wilson lead this team to the playoffs? I think it is going to be a tall task. Okay. Uh, I will say that he actually just led them to a victory against the Buffalo Bills, which I did not expect after Aaron Rodgers went down. So is it possible? Sure. Is it likely? Eh. You know, and I'll just yeah. leave it at that. Uh, does this send Rogers spiraling outside of my top 32 dynasty quarterbacks? Personal opinion here, Steven. Yes. And I, I hate to say that, man, but you're looking at a Lord. How old is he? 39, 40 years old. 
Um, yeah. You've got basically it takes a full year for him to get healthy. I understand it was on his left leg. So or his right leg, whichever one is not his plant leg, whatever that means. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I, I get where he could have a recovery in about a year, year and a half and all that kind of stuff. But my thing is, man, is that uh, I'm, I'm not holding on to him. I'm, I'm lucky enough. Like you didn't have any JK Dobbins shares. I don't have a single Aaron Rodgers share, but I will tell you this. I'm trying to move Zach Wilson in a couple of spots that I have him. Yeah. BJ, you know, you already know my thoughts on Zach Wilson. And oh yeah, I know. Have I fell off? The, have I fallen back uh, up to now? Yes, but I'm back, baby. We're back. We are back. We are back in the saddle, <laughs> BJ. Zach Wilson is going to lead this team to the playoffs. BJ, did you watch the game? He made one bad throw. He made a bad read across the middle, threw the interception. That was it. Other than that, BJ, I thought he balled out. I thought to be put in that situation, in that game, in that moment, in that nobody, you can't script that, right? You you can prepare all week long in case something does happen, but you ain't ready for that. You know what I mean? You are not ready to come in and do that. And I thought he made big throw after big throw right there late. He made big throw to get him down there and scored the touchdown. Garrett Wilson did make a miraculous catch for oh, yeah. the touchdown, but also he did drive him down. Uh, a long third down converted on a bullet to Garrett Wilson, and they got the go-ahead field goal. BJ, Zach Wilson did his part in that game. Did he make any miraculous plays? No, but he did his part. And I think that's all he really needs to do. That defense is going to be really, really, really good this year. I think we saw that. But Zach Wilson did his part, and I cannot – I I, th- I think he deserves a little credit here, BJ. And I think I think you know it, it, I've kind of been watching this over the past few days. Uh, of course, the first thing you see is, and 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 I've got it here, BJ. I've got another question for you here. But the first thing you saw was, what are they going to do? Who are they going to sign? Where are they going to yeah. go? Are they going to sign somebody? Probably so. They got to have another quarterback on the roster. So yes, they probably will. And will they will they take that and run with it? Most likely. But man, Robert Salas came out, and he's just basically. Back, I mean, he's back to Zach Wilson. It has been none of this. Well, we'll see. We'll weigh our options. I think he said yesterday or day before, let me make this clear. Zach Wilson is unequivocally unequivocally our QB1. Yeah. And, like, he's backing the guy. So, I'm here for it, man. And, and, and I'm here for it. But let's play devil's advocate for just a second. So, to piggyback off of this just a little bit, where could they go for serious quarterback help, BJ? I think just a couple episodes ago, I had a prediction of a catastrophic quarterback injury and a Kyler Murray trade. BJ, what do you think about that? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, would I love to see that for fantasy relevance? 1,000%. Uh, <laughs> I think a more likely scenario would be them going out and trying to trade for like a Jacoby Brissett or someone like that. Uh, right. I've heard some rumors today that that may be the case. Yeah. Uh, man, and I ain't gonna lie to them, man. If Kyler ended up going, it'd be fantastic. Yeah, uh, but I, I could see them bringing in somebody like Jacoby or Taylor Heineke, somebody like that, like you've got written out here, just to kind of be that backup in case Wilson does struggle. Uh, yeah. But like what you said, man, he he did okay. And let me ask you this, Stephen: If you've got Wilson right now in a dynasty league, would you trade him straight up for Brock Purdy? Yes, uh, I think so too. Okay, I'm making sure I'm seeing where I'm seeing realistically where you're at here. I would trade him for Brock Purdy, but I'm not taking a second for him if that tells you anything. So got you. Okay. that's kind of where I'm at on it. Um, but uh, so, yeah. So just to name a few of these quarterbacks that are that are free agents that 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 maybe that have a shot 
Uh, Carson Wentz is a free agent. Phillip Rivers is a free agent. And dare I say it, Tom Brady is a free agent. Um, Man, there's also quite a few serviceable backup quarterbacks that are in the league now should they choose to trade for them. Just to name a few here, you got Andy Dalton, Taylor Heineke, Jacoby Brissett, you mentioned Gardner Minshew and Jameis Winston. Uh, all of those, all five of those guys have been starters in this league at some point. Yep. Um, so there are some options if they chose to go that route. Again, they're going to add somebody, I think. Um, but I think it's Zach Wilson's team to, you know, until – it's not, you know. Um, one more news and notes about these New York Jets. Brees Hall, BJ, 10 carries, 127 yards, two receptions for 20 yards. He looked phenomenal, BJ. He looked phenomenal. He ripped off a 83-yard run uh, as well. Um, so, BJ, man, if you if you got Brees Hall or if you drafted Brees Hall in, in any of your leagues or if you traded for him, that looks like a great move right now, BJ. Absolutely, man. I think it's a top three dynasty back. And uh, actually, to be honest with you, man, this Rogers injury, I know that we we don't try to, you know, make light of it or anything. But, I mean, I think the New York Jets are going to have to immediately change their offensive scheme to where they're going to have to run the ball a little bit more. And so I'm expecting a, a really, really good season out of Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook this year. Yeah, man, I agree with you. All right, moving on here. The Cincinnati Bengals absolutely struggled against the Cleveland Browns this week. I think struggled is an understatement here, BJ. Um, Man, they got smoked 24 to 3, and Burrow was atrocious. He finished with a stat line of 14 for 31 for only 82 yards and was benched in the fourth quarter when the game was out of reach. Jamar Chase finished with five catches on 35 catches for 39 yards on nine targets. Um, and also, after a news report came out Sunday morning stating that the Bengals didn't have any long term plans for him on the team, T. Higgins finished with zero receptions on eight targets bj are you worried about this joe burrow led cincinnati Bengals offense or do you expect them to bounce back they're gonna bounce back man uh burrow was pretty much hurt the entire training camp uh not to kind of use that as an excuse by any means but it seems like burrow kind of always struggles against the cleveland browns if i remember correctly last year didn't he have a game where he threw like two or three picks against them and really really struggled the entire game uh and so, honestly, I think this is a great opportunity just to buy low on the Bengals' skill positions. Um, I think right now is your window to go send some offers for Burrow, see if you can tear up from like a Daniel Jones and add a little couple pieces or something. Uh, I think now is the time to make a move, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, BJ. I, th- I think now would be the time to make a move. Um, all right, man. Well, moving on here. On a positive note, Tua Tagovailoa and Tyreek Hill put on a clinic this week against the Los Angeles Chargers, man. On Sunday, did you watch this game, BJ, before we get into this? Dude, I did not. I was gone. Man, dude, it was a game. I mean, it was a game. Tua threw for 466 yards and had three passing touchdowns. And if you were going up against Tyreek this week, you got reeked, baby. I'm just telling you, you got reeked. He led the league this week in fantasy points, putting up 44.5 PPR fantasy points on 11 receptions for 215 yards and two touchdowns. BJ, are the Dolphins the dark horse in the AFC? I don't think they're a dark horse anymore, Stephen. Man, the thing about Tua is, is that he is going to have some games like this, but we all know 
that trash can Tua can come out of nowhere. I don't want to DJ. Throw, DJ. I don't throw shade on him or anything, man. But DJ. My Steven, here's where I'm at, bro. I am happy for the guy. I know there was a lot of junk that happened with him in the offseason. Uh, God, what was that? Is it Ryan Clark who came out and said that he had been putting on some weight and that he was not hitting the gym and all this kind of stuff? And Tua got up there. And one thing that I love about Tua this offseason that I'm seeing is is that he is getting out of that Alabama interview mindset, Stephen. You know what I'm talking about? That whole mm-hmm. professional, conservative, quiet. Yep. And mm-hmm. Tua's starting to talk his talk, bro. And so my thing is that the guy can come out here against the Chargers and put up 466 yards and three touchdowns, let the man cook, okay? Let, and yeah, so cook. my thing is, dude, is like if, if it's hot like this and if this is how this offense is going to go forward, then I don't think they're a dark horse, Steven. I think they can actually get out there and compete for one of those top spots. Yeah, I agree with you, BJ. I, uh, man, man, just a football, not even a dynasty uh, buddy, but a, a, just a, a guy that loves football in general. We were talking. And he asked me the other day, he said, who are your Super Bowl favorites? And I just got to talking, and we got to going over the NFC and AFC, and we both agreed that the Dolphins are are probably, you know, a top five team in the AFC. Um, and so, uh, Dark Horse, I don't know. I think, you know, I think they've got a legit chance if they're going to play like this, if Tua can stay healthy. And I agree with you, man. Tua's, Tua's, Tua's talking that talk, man. I, you know, you saw, what, a couple of weeks ago, who was it called him out? Somebody called him out. And, See, I, think, uh, I think it was Ryan Clark. I'm not 100 sure. It was somebody on the NFL right. network. I think it. I think it was Ryan Clark. And I think you're right. And and Tua Tua basically was like, "Keep your name out of my mouth." Basically, what he said. <laughs> Saying, yeah. You know, are, are we going we gonna square up? <laughs> and, did, and you the, the, uh, did you I see the Did you see the report today? I think the guy actually apologized. No, I hadn't seen a report today. All right. So a reporter asked him today. I said, uh, "Tua, what do you have to say about people who said you can't throw the deep ball?" And he said, "I don't have nothing to say. All I can say is 466." <laughs> <laughs> oh man hey i like it he gotta have a little swag man and he's got it and if he can if he can stay healthy and 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 this team looks like they can be dangerous bj oh, yeah. i don't appreciate the trash can to a comment i don't i don't appreciate hey, i said he can and, be okay i look, hope that he's not you're a homer man how are you even gonna do that to that guy because he cost me a fancy championship last year, Steven. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here's Personal the vendetta. Truth. Here's the real <laughs> truth coming out right now. Uh, I'm tagging Tua in this uh, podcast. I mean, I'm, I hope he. I don't hope he puts you Please under the don't. bus. I don't. I don't. I don't want to end up like Ryan Clark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, BJ. Let's move on here. Last bit of news and notes here, man. The Los Angeles Rams surprised everybody this weekend as they buried the Seattle Seahawks thirty to thirteen without. An injured Cooper Cup, man. Most people are speculating that Van Jefferson or Tyler Higby uh, was going to lead that lead the Rams in targets and receptions. Uh, turns out it was some guy named Puka Nakua uh, that led the team in both with a stat line of 10 for 119 yards on 15 targets. 10 receptions, 119 yards on 10 on 15 targets. BJ, are you buying into this rookie hype of Puka? Or are you letting someone else step on that landmine? I've activated them for my taxi squad in a couple of leagues, Stephen. <laughs> Let's go, Puka. <laughs> Not even going to lie to you, bro. Uh, oh. Man, my thing is, is that I I didn't expect Stafford to come out and ball like that, bro. Man, but uh, man, good. He, he came out firing against the Seattle defense. Yeah. I understand yeah. that that Seattle defense ain't great by any means. Yeah, but dude, um, as long as Cooper Cup is out. Plug Puka Nakua in your lineup, bro. Yeah. Uh, and, fantastic and, flex play. 
And here's what I love the most about this when the, with the Los Angeles Rams. Matthew Stafford looked healthy. He yes, looked he good. Did. He looked good, man. He looked good throwing the ball. Uh, he looked healthy. And if you, I don't know if you saw this, BJ. I think the news broke today. Uh, he's actually going to be featured on season two of Netflix's quarterback, Peyton Manning's awesome. Netflix's quarterback. So that'll be good. I, I, I did. Have you watched that? Have you watched the first season? Yeah, I watched that? the first season. Okay, so man, it was it was awesome. I loved it. And so today, I, th- I saw that Matthew Stafford is going to be um, he's going to be featured on season two. I, th- I guess there will be a couple more. We hope, um, but I don't know who they are going to be. All right, Stephen, I 100% agree, though. But, hey, before we get into these sneaky flex plays, Steve, let's take a quick break. All right, Stephen, it's time for one of my favorite segments, man. We've been doing this for a little over a year now. It is our sneaky flex plays. Uh, so what we're going to do is let's take a minute real quick and recap how our sneaky flex plays did last week. Uh, Steve is Javante Williams finishes running back 29 with a 45% snap share and a stat line of 13 rushing attempts for 52, 52 yards and four receptions for five yards receiving. Javante finished the week with 9.7 PPR points. Uh, my Isaiah Pacheco finished as RB 30 right behind Javante with a 48% snap share and a stat line of eight rushing attempts for 23 yards and four receptions for 31 yards receiving. Pacheco finished the week with 9.4 PPR points. Overall, Stephen, I think both of those running backs ended up as decent flex plays. I think if you can get 9.7 and 9.4 PPR points in your flex, you probably did better than some of those teams with Drake London and T. Higgins on there. Uh, so, you know. I think those those picks weren't bad at all. But, Steve, I'll tell you what, man, going into this one, I love your pick so much, I'm going to actually let you go first here. All right, BJ. Well, man, this week my sneaky flex play um, is going to be none other than the Falcons' RB1, Tyler Algier. Uh, this past week he rushed for 75 yards and two touchdowns on 16 carries. He added a, a line of three targets, three receptions for 19 yards, um, and, and BJ, all the focus is on Bijan Robinson, right? The 101, right? The RB1 of Dynasty. But the Falcons run Tyler Algier out there for 16 totes of that rock. And, man, I think they're leaning on him enough to consider him as a flex play right now and, and maybe even more. Um, man, I'm also kind of playing a matchup here. I know it's early, but, man – I'm playing a matchup here. They're going against the the Packers this week, who gave up 172 rushing yards in week one and 58 receiving yards to running backs for a total of 230 all-purpose yards to the Jets running backs this past week. And they're on a short week, BJ. I like this play a lot. As a, I like Algier as a flex play, man. I think he's looking. I think Algier's looking to score 12 to 14 points this week in PPR leagues, maybe more if he can get back in that end zone. I think it's a good move, man. Uh, Algier is one of those players that I overlooked so much, Stephen. Uh, and then I saw the stat line. And just to be honest with you, you can love him or you can hate him, but Arthur Smith is going to run the ball. And obviously we see that they're kind of easing Bijan into the role. Bijan still put up a fantastic performance last week. Uh, but I do agree Tyler Algier is one of those players you can kind of plug and play. Uh, and so, man, I think if you got him and you are thin at your flex position, throw him in there. Um, now, Steven, I'm not going to lie to you, man. Sometimes my foot ends up in my mouth, and Sunday morning we were at church, and one of my guys looked at me who I'm friends with, and he's like, hey, man, who should I start, Zay Jones or Christian Kirk? And I was like, bro, you got you to gotta throw Christian Kirk in there, man. He's going to be the wide receiver, too, for the team. Um, 
I think I'm wrong, guys. Uh, <laughs> Christian Kirk finished the game with what one PPR point, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zay Jones actually finished the game with 16 and a half PPR points last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I was skeptical, but what I'm beginning to see is is that man. We'll talk about Calvin Ridley later on in this uh, episode, but Calvin Ridley is by far the wide receiver one on the team, in my personal opinion. Uh, Zay Jones is a second receiving option there. Uh, I think that they are playing the Kansas City Chiefs this week in a negative game script, meaning that the Jaguars will more than likely have to be playing from behind. And so Mm -hmm. I expect Trevor Lawrence to have to ball out in the second half to even compete because I think Travis Kelsey should be back this week for the Chiefs, which is giving Mahomes another weapon. And Lord, they should just go ahead and cut Kadarius Toney at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the end of the day, man, I think Zay Jones is going to easily put up 10-plus PPR points. And so if you've got them in a PPR league, go ahead and throw them in there. Yeah, I like it, BJ. And I, I like Zay Jones, man. He's kind of it's kind of taking him a while to get his footing in the NFL. Um, I remember when he first come in, it, it wasn't pretty. Man, it looks like he's finally uh catching some footing and catching some ground here and 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 he's 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 looking he's looking pretty good uh there in Jacksonville. Um all right, BJ, let's move on here from our sneaky flex plays to our underdog pickums, BJ. And let me just start by saying this. If you followed us this past week, just continue to do so because we're going to hit <laughs> BJ. Um, I, I hate to throw you under the bus here, BJ, but man, 0-2 to start. I, I, Jamar Chase, let's recap it real quick. You had Jamar Chase going over uh, a half over a half receiving touchdown, which mean he, which which means he only needed to catch one touchdown. We already talked about that offense and how atrocious it was this week. He did not uh, hit this. Garrett Wilson, we had him over sixty six and a half receiving yards. We both loved this line. I loved this line. I'll be honest with you guys. I had about <laughs> I had about four slips with this line on it, and they all four missed because let's just attribute it to the catastrophic injury from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I and so. uh I, I think we can chalk that up there. Um and and, and BJ we don't want to go over mine this week. Uh, my, uh <laughs> no 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 go ahead man. <laughs> <laughs> uh well it's just real quickly I had Isaiah Pacheco over 50 and a half rushing yards he did miss that and I had Jameer Gibbs at over three and a half reception and that was a miss as well. But BJ we are looking to turn it around. We are not ones to look in the past and live in the past. We're looking forward to the future BJ. So I'm going to let you kick this off this week BJ with your first underdog pick of the week. Calvin Ridley is back. I am smashing the over of his 70 and a half receiving yards currently. Last week, Ridley put up a stat line of eight receptions, 101 yards, and a touchdown against an Indianapolis Colts defense. This week, I've already mentioned the Jags play the Kansas City Chiefs at home in a game that has an over-under of 51 points currently. This is said to be a high-scoring affair, and if the Chiefs, Chiefs can get their offense back on track, Lawrence is going to have to throw it to keep the Jags in the game. Ridley was obviously T-Law's favorite target last week, and I expect him to be the same this week. Take the over. Take it to the bank. BJ, I like it. He looked like a monster out there with T-Law. And at 70 and a half, man, he looked he looked like the part, right? I mean, he looked awesome. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, he looked great. And he, he's he's obviously healthy. He's obviously fresh. I mean, the man ain't played in two years. So he looks great, man. And, it, again, negative game strip, all this stuff going in his favor. Uh, 70 feels light. It feels light. 
Um, so I like it a lot. I, I think I think this I think this line's a, a very good line uh, for him here. BJ, my first underdog pick of the week here. I'm going with Alexander Madison over 14 and a half receiving yards. And Madison probably underwhelmed a little bit week one, guys. But man, I, I'll be honest with you. I think he's still the guy there. You know, for the Vikings. And 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 again, when you when you catch these guys and their opponents you gotta you gotta see what what teams did the previous week and then and and madison's going up against the eagles on thursday night this week and they allowed 13 catches for 87 yards an 81 percent catch rate to patriots running backs this past week and so you're telling me they allowed that and alexander madison can't get over 14 and a half yards 15 yards i like it a lot and not only that if you go back to the Vikings game, Madison actually ran 23 routes. 23 routes last week. 48.9% of the Vikings dropbacks. And, uh, man, I just – I thought I, – I think he's going to run some routes this week. And I think just a couple catches here, he, he's very likely to get over this. Um, he did catch three passes on on four targets last week for 10 yards. Uh, again, you talk about negative game stripped. I'm kind of expecting that. I think, I think the Eagles might jump up on the Vikings. I think it'll put some pressure on, I think the Eagles can put some pressure on cousins. Uh, and I think he might be dumping it off to Madison. So I really like Madison this week as a receiver. Absolutely, Stephen. Before the episode, me and you talked about one of the lines that they have right now is Alexander Madison, and we like the under of 50 and a half rushing guards. Mm-hmm. And so I think, and like you said, in a negative game script, Madison's not going to have just a ton of rushing opportunities. And not only that, yep. but that Philadelphia defense, that front seven is a tough front seven to run the ball against. Yep. And so, man, I think that line as well as the reception line here or the receiving yards line, I think is lines to keep an eye on. Uh, my next one, Steven, uh, you know, I talked junk about the guy a while ago, but I put my money on him this week. Uh, Tua Tugavaloa over 266 and a half passing yards. My simple reasoning is this, Steven, why not bet against the hot hand? Uh, Tua just passed for 466 yards and played the New England Patriots defense this week. Uh, Miami barely had a run game as Mostert finished a close game with only 10 rushing attempts last week. So what that tells me is that Miami is all about the pass this year, which I love. I love it when a team just embraces their strong suit. Uh, Tua looks to be trying to send a message to the haters this season. I'm here for it. I'm smashing the over of 266 and a half passing yards. I like it. BJ, I'm a Tua fan. I have been for a while. Um, I'm probably more of a fan than you, and uh, that's pretty <laughs> evident by your by your remarks that you've made that you've just thrown him under the bus. So I love this, man, and I, and I agree with you. I think them embracing what they are and who they are is going to play to their strengths. Um, and and I and and look over two sixty six. The man just threw for four hundred plus. Just just take the over. Ride him while he's hot. Um, so I like it a lot. All right, BJ. I'm gonna close this out here on our underdog underdog picks with our last underdog pick this week. Again. I don't know why I like doing this, but I love just doing the – I love giving you guys Thursday night specials. So, both of mine are Thursday night picks this week again. Dallas Goddard, over 42.5 receiving yards or four and a half receptions. Whatever you like more here because I love both of these lines. And you can only play one of these lines per slip. So, if you want to play both of them, I'm actually playing both of them. I've got two different slips. I've got both of these lines. 
but over 42.5 receiving yards or over 4.5 receptions. After mostly being non non-existent and non-involved last week, I really look for Goddard to get going early this week against the Vikings. Um, man, I look, I kind of look for him to explode a little bit because he he was really non-existent. And we know he's good, and we know Jalen Hurts likes him. And I think last year, I think it was week one last year, this happened to Devontae Smith. He didn't get involved. He had a very mediocre, a very mid, probably probably, probably even say bad week one. And Nick Serrani came out and he said, look, this is on us. We didn't get him involved. We're getting him involved next week. And he's basically said the same thing for Goddard leading up to week two this week. And if you look back, let's look, BJ, can you look that up real quick while I'm talking here? Let's look back at at Devontae Smith's game one, game two last last year. But I think if you look back last year, Devontae Smith, again, terrible week one, Week two, Nick Serrani said, look, this is our fault. We're going to get Devontae Smith involved. And I think he I think he actually had a great week two. Um, and I kind of I'm kind of expecting the same thing for Goddard here. I think Goddard uh it could it could very well explode this week in week two, BJ. Last year, Devontae Smith, week one, played against the Detroit Lions. He played 96% snap share, had four targets, finished the game with zero catches for zero yards and zero fantasy points. Uh, The very next week, played the entire game, finished as a wide receiver 25 with 15 fantasy points for seven catches on seven targets and 80 yards. Yeah. And so, again, you kind of see what I'm talking about there. Week one was horrible for him, just like Goddard this week. And Nick Serrani's already came out, and he said the same exact thing he said about Devontae Smith last year. He said, it's our fault. He's going to be involved this week. Look for this this week, over 42.5 receiving yards or over 4.5 receptions, whatever you like more. Hey, man, I love it, Stephen. Uh, I'm all about that Philadelphia offense currently, and I think that Goddard is a player that is often overlooked. I look for him and T. Higgins both, who had worse games last week, to mm-hmm. actually both bounce that back this week. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, that's going to be our episode. We just want to take this time and thank you all for y'all's listens on a weekly basis. We'll try to get this thing published and out there on social media and all of our league chats before, let's say, uh, 10, 11 o'clock on a Thursday. You know, the episode will be published super early in the morning, so you can list it on your way to work. And, man, we just hope that y'all smash uh, your opponents this week. We hope that y'all end up just setting the perfect lineups, having the perfect plays, and that your Puka Nakua series end up coming and helping you out this year, man. Uh, so just thank the listeners, man. Appreciate you guys. Secondly, you can also follow me and Steven over on X. My Twitter handle is at AfroDynamics116. Stevens is at SDeaton24. You can also follow our pod at LOL Dynasty Pod. We appreciate you guys. Steven, you got any little final fantasy advice? We'll go ahead and wrap it up. Man, you just wrapped this thing up this week. Let's do it, man. Y'all go kill it. Have a good week. <laughs>